First Ignite, artificial intelligence software built for the modern tech transfer office. The First Ignite AI platform helps streamline tech transfer activities, including disclosures, non-confidential summaries, and identifying licensing partners while providing the professional contact information of over 180 million professionals, turbocharging your office's marketing activities. Get started for free at firstignite.com. You're listening to Autumn on the Air, the weekly podcast that brings you conversations about the impact of research commercialization and the people who make it happen. Join us for interviews with patent and licensing professionals, innovators, entrepreneurs, and tech transfer leaders on the issues and trends that matter most. Keep listening for an inside track on the people, IP policies, and politics changing our world. Welcome to Autumn on the Air. Today, we're concluding our AI series and diving into the challenges and opportunities presented by the growing influence of artificial intelligence in innovation. With a substantial increase in utility patent applications involving AI and a shift towards AI-assisted inventions, we explore how the USPTO plans to adapt its patent processes to accommodate this surge. I'm so excited today to be joined by Kathy Vidal, Undersecretary of Commerce for Intellectual Property and Director of the United States Patent and Trademark Office for this discussion. Welcome to the podcast, Director Vidal. It's so great to be here. Well, I'm excited to get this conversation with you started. So let's go ahead and jump right in. And I thought I would start the podcast off today by asking you, given the increasing role of AI and innovation, how do you see this landscape evolving and what challenges and opportunities do you think it presents for the U.S.? So I think it presents challenges and opportunities for everyone across the globe. And, you know, in, in particular, we're focused right now on the U.S. and working with allies when it comes to how we deal with the enhanced innovation that AI really presents. And w when I think about it, it really has defined, redefined what innovation looks like, what inventorship looks like. And it really has the potential to help us scale and solve many world problems. And in terms of the challenges it presents is we really need to think about what was our system meant to incentivize and to make sure that everything that we do really gets back to those first principles. Now, there were 80,000 utility patent applications involving AI in 2020, and that was an incredible 150% increase over the last two decades. And I'm sure it's just the numbers are even uh, higher now. How does the USPTO plan to adapt to the growing influence of AI in the patent application process? Yeah, and I would say in addition to those stats, we're also seeing AI in about half of our technology centers. And so what that really means for us is that everybody within our patent core needs to be experienced when it comes to AI. We need to make sure we're continuing to offer robust training, which we are. We're actually working on a master's class right now with some experts in the field around AI. And then to the extent that some people are more skilled when it comes to AI or have more experience, we want to make sure that the examiners have the ability to collaborate across the core. Um, and I will say that's something that we're doing not just with AI, but generally as technologies converge, it's important that somebody who's got a specific skill set in one technology area be able to work with other people who may be more skilled in some of the areas that are converging with theirs. 
Yeah, it sounds like you're really doing a lot and examiners are getting the training that they need. Um, as AI continues to play a more prominent role in innovation, what are some of the ethical considerations that the office is taking into account? And how do you think patent policies contribute to ethical AI development? So I will say that everything that we're doing in the office complies with the executive order. So uh, there is an executive order on promoting the use of trustworthy artificial intelligence in the federal government. And when we think about that, we need to make sure that everything that we're doing is lawful and respectful of our nation's values, um, is purposeful and performance driven, is accurate, reliable and effective, is safe, secure and resilient, is understandable responsible and traceable, regularly monitored, transparent and accountable. So that is a lot. That's a ton. Um, it's a ton. And on top of that, we need to make sure we're complying with the executive order 14091, which is further advancing racial equity and support for underserved communities through the federal government. So that has to do with mitigating the bias in AI systems, um, applying AI in a matter that advances equity and respecting civil rights with the use of AI. So with all of that in mind, uh, although we recognize the extreme benefit that AI can provide the organization, including in search algorithms, including in much of the work we do, we need to move forward in a very deliberate way, which is why the minute um, there was a, an increase in the use of generative AI, we immediately had to tell people across the agency, not yet. We need to find a way to make sure that anything that we adopt is you know, meets all of the criteria that I just mentioned. And although we would love to adopt uh, any technology um, at a very fast clip, we need to make sure we're doing it in the right way. And that we're not in particular jeopardizing the information that people are entrusting to us. Absolutely. And that leads me to ask you if you could elaborate on some of the considerations and challenges in determining patentability when we're talking about AI systems, particularly when they start to contribute as they are, as you know, at a level that's comparable to human inventors. So, for example, you know, is an invention patentable under the current law in those circumstances? And does allowing AI systems to be listed as inventors promote and incentivize innovation? So, I mean, that issue is something that's been resolved by the courts in terms of whether AI can be listed as an inventor. To me, that's that's not so much substance as much as it is form. The real question to me is, if a is AI is used in the inventive process, how does that impact how we should look at those applications? Uh, what more do we need to be able to determine that we think that that should be um, that those types of innovations should be patented? And, you know, as we think about this, the real issue is, like I said, getting back to first principles, is this incentivizing the right kind of behavior that we need to incentivize? You know, certainly we need to strike a balance because we don't want to overly lock up innovation, right? We don't want somebody to be able to set AI free on the internet and say, look for every problem, come back with every solution, we'll patent all of that. That's not good for society. It's not good for getting innovation to impact. And it would, it would you know, have a negative impact on innovation. So when it comes to inventorship, the way we're orienting toward it, and we're hoping to have inventorship guidance released in February uh, in compliance with the executive order, the way we're orient orienting toward it is really focusing on what is the human contribution. So whether or not AI can contribute 
to innovation at the level of the human. Uh, there, there were disparate comments on that when we sought information on this from the public. But regardless, it, whether it does or not, one way to look at it is to say, well, what if AI, like maybe it could be a co-inventor, but we're not going to list it. Is there an actual human inventor? Is there somebody who contributed enough that they are a human inventor where we want to move forward um, and, and grant them a patent for their human ingenuity? It's going to be fascinating to watch the case law develop in this area because uh, there are so many issues that AI presents. So the next few years are just going to be fascinating to watch. Well, and I will say when you talk about challenges, one of the other challenges is just the international component. I was uh, speaking to our Office of Policy and International Affairs recently and our attaches across the globe. And you know, a lot of times when it comes to the work we do international internationally, we're catching up when it comes to harmonization because different countries have moved in different directions. And so um, what I've talked to the team about is, is there a way to kind of pre-harmonize when it comes to artificial intelligence so that we can communicate on the front end and have some harmonization going forward? Now, with the Thaler case, there was harmonization at the end of the day because uh, so that worked out well. Um, If that had not happened, that probably would not have been the biggest issue. But when it comes to things like inventorship or how do you look at whether something should be patent eligible or obviousness if countries start diverging that could have perverse incentives and um, could impact u.s competitiveness so we, we need to stay at the front of all of this not just within the u.s pto and u.s government moving as swiftly as we can while being very deliberate in our actions and complying with the executive orders uh, but also need to make sure that we're communicating with our counterparts and we're looking at what's going on around the globe Yeah, and I know as part of this, the USPTO has a number of different partnerships and programs and things that are going on. And one of those I wanted to ask you about is the AI Emerging Technology Partnership, which is an ongoing cooperative effort between a whole host of of folks in the USPTO. Um, It's basically the AIET community, which includes academia, independent inventors, small businesses, industries other governmental agencies, nonprofits, and civil society. So can you tell us a little bit more about this really important initiative and how it aligns with the Biden administration's whole-of-government approach to AI? So I have to say this is one of our more exciting initiatives. So we launched this under my leadership with our phenomenal AI team. They're they're incredible, very skilled in AI. And the, the thought around it was we not only want to talk to the community about how we solve for various issues, we want to know what they think we should be solving for. Because there's so many things we need to solve for and we need to prioritize and make sure we're acting very deliberately and with stakeholder input. So it is a broad partnership. Um, it, it will address every aspect of AI, including you know, copyright and using data to train and outputs of copy, you know, using AI um, for creative works to the work we're doing on patents um, to all the other issues we talked about with the intersection of AI and intellectual property. So we, we our inaugural event was held in June 2022. Uh, we did an event on AI and biotech in September 2022. We did one on AI-driven innovation, which has been the topic that we've been discussing in February 2023. And then we did one on AI tools and data last September. 
we're now charting out what are the next steps. You know, certainly we received comments from the Copyright Office uh, recently. Uh, thank you to everybody who contributed because that was a, a joint effort to make sure that we solicited feedback from the public on the intersection of AI and copyright. We're now going through those comments and trying to chart the path forward for the Biden administration. You know, when it comes to uh, when it comes to copyright. So as you as we look forward. We hope that people engage us not just when we reach out for engagement, whether it's requests for comments, which you'll see more of those coming, um, or our meetings, but that you engage with us on, you know, more broadly on what should, how should we be looking at AI in view of intellectual property? And, you know, right now, I think uh, looking at AI in view of IP, we're taking on some of the issues that I think are going to be relatively easy to solve compared to what's coming up next when we look at prior art and obviousness, some of those are difficult and we're trying to solve for them, not just based on what today looks like, but AI is going to be ubiquitous. So, you know, e even thinking about now, we've received comments about disclosure. Should people have to disclose their use of AI, which is an interesting question. That's a very interesting question under the duty of disclosure. Yeah, it, it is. And, and it's not, it's not, I mean, you could argue it's not technically work required right now, but the other thing is how practical is that? Right now, you probably could do it because you probably actually know the use of AI, but once AI is ubiquitous, you're not going to know where AI is in the tools you use, et cetera. So, so those are the things we're thinking about uh, moving forward. And when you mentioned the all of government approach, you know, we're working very close with the White House. We're working very close with NIST, our standards and technology group. We're working on standards generally that will also influence the AI space and then working with the Copyright Office. So this is something where we've had a lot of cross-agency meetings, a lot of work with the White House, including obviously on the executive order that came out. And everything that we do has to take into account all the equities, not just the PTO equities. Now, you mentioned people reaching out more broadly to the Patent Office other than just responding to comments. How would you suggest people do that? So we do have an AIET page. You can go to our website and uh, look up the information there. I will say if anybody's ever lost and can't find what they're looking for, I mean, we've got bots now. We've got AI bots we're using to, to make it easier for people to find the resources they need. But if you can't find what you need, you're always welcome to email me directly and I will get you in touch with the team member who can help. Um, my email is director at uspto.gov. So again, director at uspto.gov. So if you don't find what you need, just email me directly and we'll make sure your voice is heard. Well, thank you very much for that. So I wanted to go back and ask you about the administration's pursuit of bipartisan legislation to advance responsible innovation. What are some of the elements you'd like to see addressed in this legislation, especially as it relates to AI and intellectual property? Well, I will say that there are a lot of issues that we're facing with AI where there's a question as to whether our current legal framework is um, is appropriate to handle what we're seeing. And so I know Congress is struggling with that as well and struggling in a good way. It's something that we want to make sure we're getting out ahead of some of this. So when I think about legislation in the space generally, it's really about maximizing AI innovation um, it's about broadly distributing its benefits and mitigating risk to individuals and societal well-being. So those are the broad brush strokes. Now, when Congress has various bills that they're considering, certainly we'll provide technical uh, feedback to them on 
you know, based on what we've learned from the public. So anything that you, any information you provide to us through our AIET partnership, we use it not only in what we're doing, we also use it in court cases. It informs us on your thinking and also when it comes to to work before Congress. So, Director Vidal, you've mentioned a little bit about all the programming and training that the USPTO is doing for examiners uh, to make sure that they're well equipped with the necessary knowledge and skills for uh, dealing with these AI inventions. Can you talk in a little bit more detail about maybe some training programs and partnerships with universities that you have in place? I appreciate that. We we do have programs that we're rolling out that really focus on AI more at a, at a master's level. And we are teaming with universities on that, with professors and university, universities on that, which I'm really excited about. In addition to that, we want to make sure that we're staying up with AI when it comes to searching for prior art. So we do have two prior art search tools that we use. One is a more like this document search. So if an examiner finds a piece of prior art, it's not quite on point. They can look for something that's more like that. And another one is a similarity search that helps them find prior art. So we're we're trying to adopt AI as fast as we can to help examiners while dealing with the other issues at the intersection of AI and intellectual property. I think I read something about the uh, there's been like 1.3 million searches done by patent examiners using AI. It's an incredible statistic. It, it is incredible. And it's being rapidly adopted. Uh, I'm sure the number is much bigger by now. I don't check data each day <laughs> I talk, but uh, I'm sure it's bigger now. But it's 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 an enormous amount of data that's being processed. And it, really, we want the examiners to be able to do their best job. I know that's what they want to do. And so our job is to listen to them. Um, I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you before, but when I came on board, one of the first things I did after realizing that I wanted to hear from stakeholders more broadly than just the traditional ones is that I wanted to hear from people within the USPTO. So I've heard from between 1,500 and 2,000 uh, folks across our our USPTO, including many, many, many patent examiners about how we could better serve them, how we can better classify documents and get them to the right examiner, how we can make it easier for them to move a document off their desk if they felt like another examiner might be better equipped to deal with it. So we're looking at every aspect of the patent examiner experience to equip them to do the job that we know they want to do to create robust and reliable intellectual property. So Director Vidal, you've talked a little bit about the use of AI in promoting diversity. Can you talk a little bit more about how the USPTO envisions to use AI to promote diversity within the innovation ecosystem and how IP rights can contribute to this goal? So what I would say on that topic is, first, as I mentioned, we are ensuring that we comply with the executive orders when it comes to diversity and inclusion. Beyond that, to me, this is a bigger issue than the USPTO. It's about how AI evolves in the United States so that everybody has access to the tools so that everybody can innovate. And it's it's about diversity. It's about inclusion. It's not just about those who identify as diverse, but it's about supporting our military and our military spouses, supporting rural communities. And so that's work that we're doing across U.S. government. Um, it's work that we're doing as part of the National Advisory Council on Innovation and Entrepreneurship, um, which I'm a, a vice chair of, and then also as part of our Council for Inclusion innovation. So uh, the work is broader and it's it's more about making sure that as we move forward when it comes to AI that um, that we're not leaving anybody behind. Now 
Considering the diverse nature of patents, how does the impact of AI vary across different types of patents, whether we're talking about utility patents or design patents, as well as trademarks? So I would say that on utility patents, uh, there's just so much more infusion of AI across the different technology areas. And, you know, certainly if you think about the technologies, AI really escalates the ability to both come up with solutions and then evaluate those solutions. So again, the, the, the concern there in terms of what are the challenges is in view of that, how do we incentivize the right behavior without locking up um, invention? I mean, same with design patents. It's certainly you can use AI in the same way with design patents to come up with different variants, to assess those variants. Uh, maybe a little bit more difficult with design patents and utility patents, but it's the same. It's the same types of issues that we're dealing with. And then when it comes to trademarks, you know, it, it presents some unique opportunities because one of the biggest issues that we're facing in trademarks right now is just fraudulent filings. Um, we just sanctioned folks you know, last week on that, uh, counterfeit detection. And so I, with, when it comes to AI, I'm hoping that there's a lot of positive benefit that we can affect when it comes to counteracting counterfeits, you know, piracy on the copyright side, uh, you know, as well as fraudulent filings and just our ability to be able to use the tool to ferret all of that out. Now, I wanted to ask you next uh, about the National AI Initiative. How does the USPTO envision the U.S. maintaining its leadership in AI globally? And what role do you think the PTO plays in achieving this objective? So our role is twofold. So number one, everything that we're doing within the USPTO when it comes to you know, the meat of IP, right, when it comes to determining inventorship, determining whether we should award a patent based on patent eligibility, you know, all of that is we're trying to advance in order to maintain U.S. leadership. Beyond that, it's really the work we're doing across the administration. So, and, and I've, I've said this in other contexts, but in addition to being the director of the USPTO, I'm also one of the more senior people in the Department of Commerce. And so I, I take that hat seriously. I, you know, our teams are leaning in everywhere. So anytime we see something in U.S. government starting to happen where there's going to be something big and it relates to artificial intelligence, we're there. Uh, we're, we're talking to other agencies. We're trying to figure out you know, different policies and working with them on it. So it's really a, a whole of government approach. Um, and I would say the same thing with other agencies where we're working on the work that we're doing within the USPTO. We're soliciting feedback from our other agencies, including Department of Justice and other you know, FTC. We want to make sure that we're collaborating in a way that we're advancing all of the values of the Biden administration. Now, you mentioned a little bit about collaborating with international partners. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about how the USPTO is collaborating with international partners and allies to establish a robust framework for the development and use of AI? So one of the ways that we've been collaborating for, for a while is related to patent eligibility, subject matter eligibility. And you know, we're certainly studying other systems. You know, we talked to Europe, Japan, Korea, and China as part of IP5, you know, the five largest IP organizations across the globe. Uh, because I do think it makes sense to, you know, to harmonize as much as we can. You know, some of that's out of our control, which is why we advise Congress and you know, we get involved in court proceedings to to attempt to harmonize and make sure that 
our infrastructure, our policies really align with what's going to incentivize and protect innovation so that not only are we innovating at the, at the fast clip the U.S. has always innovated, but we're getting that innovation to impact. And I will say, as I look forward to the next year, it's really about that impact part of it. Um, especially in key technology areas like climate um, and, and you know, responding to pandemics. We need to make sure that the U.S. is leading in those efforts like we did with COVID so that we're developing the technology and we're getting it out there and that we're bringing that to impact, not only to solve these world problems, but to create U.S. jobs and prosperity. Well, thank you so much, Director Vidal, for all your time today and for this really fascinating conversation and for sharing with us all that the USPTO is doing with respect to AI. Well, it's been a pleasure to be on again. As you said, Lisa, this is the second time this year, but this is a hot topic. It's and very I'm hot. always happy to talk about it. It's top of our priority and we want to hear from people. It's 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 going to be a challenge for everybody to solve and um, and we're digging in deep. Yeah, you certainly are. And again, we really appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Thank you all for joining us for this episode of Autumn on the Air, for this discussion into the impact of artificial intelligence on innovation and intellectual property. A special thanks to our guest, Kathy Vidal, Undersecretary of Commerce for Intellectual Property and Director of the United States Patent and Trademark Office, for sharing invaluable insights about the USPTO's pivotal role in maintaining US leadership in AI on both national and global fronts. Until next year, wishing all our listeners a joyful holidays and a very happy new year. Thanks for listening to Autumn on the Air with Lisa Mueller. Get social with us and share your thoughts. You can tweet us at AUTM or visit us online at AUTM.net. We'll be back next week on the air. Be sure to join us. New to tech transfer or a seasoned pro? Autumn is the global member organization for tech transfer and is here to help you get connected, get smart, and get ahead. Whether you work in academia, research, government, business development, corporate engagement, or startups, Autumn is dedicated to supporting you through education, advocacy, networking, and promotion. Join and you'll receive 20 free live webinars, as well as meaningful discounts on meetings and courses insider access to a vast network of colleagues to help you through challenges, and align on new technologies and the university decision makers who license them. Membership is open for 2023. Join us.